welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 10th of July 2021 and the title of this episode is A Tabletop Game Caused 37 Years of Pain. I was looking at two dates to pick which story to allude to for today's podcast title and I had the choice of 44 years and of 37 years and as you can tell I went with 37 years. So, let's begin with the 44-year story. After 44 years, Gamma, that's the Games Manufacturer Association, has voted to significantly restructure itself. Created back in 1977, Gamma was really set up to protect and grow the Origins Games Fair. And that's a task that they, they failed to do in the last year. And since 77, they have somewhat succeeded and moving on to promote the interest of everyone in the tabletop hobby space. It's not Gamma's fault that lockdowns made conventions impossible, but they had to cancel a virtual trade fair after key figures walked out. Those tabletop celebs walked out because Gamma was seen to be lacklustre in its support for Black Lives Matter. You might not want politics in your game, but it is a part of life outside them. And that's the space Gamma operates in. Equally, the refusal to oppose evil is in itself a political stance. But let's not get drawn into the boiling waters of the culture wars. You know which side I'm on. Gamma took the hit and recognised what they did wrong. Then they moved to do better. And I think it became pretty clear that their structure baked in artificial discrepancies from the hobby. It was not surprisingly, dominated by game makers. But what about retailers? What about the difference between creators and publishers? What about logistics? What about events? What about news sites or even hobby blogs like Geek Native? The restructure looks at these diverse groups and gives each one the same amount of directors at large for the Gamma board. The hope, and I think it is a sensible one, is that by having a more evenly spread representation across all links in this hobby, Gamma will better represent the hobby. I still can't afford to join, and I remain puzzled why it costs media to join if Gamma exists to help give me stories to blog about and include in the podcast. Why put barriers in the way? So I'm calling that the 44-year story, and it's one of people doing the right thing, albeit slowly. Next up, we have a story of people not doing the right thing, not until 37 years later, and we will follow that up with an account of people just doing mind-boggling things. A board game caused a woman in New Zealand 37 years of pain. I'm not going to make you guess which. The final straw was a COVID-19 test which had to be administered with a nasal swab. This caused Mary so much pain that she finally went to the doctor about it and complained about her four decades of pain. Mary also told the doctor a funny story of her as a young girl putting tiddly wink pieces up her nose so she could shoot them out and impress her brothers. Thankfully, the doctor took that memory seriously. A surgery later, they found a hole and calcified tiddly wink up Mary's nose. The woman had had a game piece rammed up her nose for 37 years 
and it hurt all that time and she did nothing about it. Oh, my goodness. If you are feeling unwell, then go to the doctor, please. Don't be stubborn. In all but one country in the entire world, this is entirely free. Although I appreciate it's not always easy to get to the doctor. Just don't be one of these people who hide behind the phrase, I don't want to cause a fuss. Because that world always ends up in greater fuss, Phil. Right. I imagine you're wondering if Mary's story isn't my example of people doing mind-boggling things. Then what could be? Brace yourself. I'm going to talk about TSR games again. I know, at one point I thought it would make sense to stop giving them the, and the tarnished brand mentions. But it's not that simple. For a start, there's Solarian Games. Solarian Games was TSR Games 2. That's the company by Jason Elliott, the one that published the Gygax magazine until Gale objected, the one that had multiple Gygax brothers on board. As I theorised before, they can't stay with the brand any longer, nor want to, and so they've rebranded to Solarian Games. I hope they do benefit from the extra light from the flickering trash fire next to them. So in theory, that leaves us only with TSR Games 3. The company that snatched up the trademark rights has Justin Lanassa, Jeff Leeson, Ernie Gygax and Stephen Deinhard on board. TSR Games 3 had been busy claiming to be the rebooted original TSR Games, aka TSR Games 1. Well, they had been doing that. Then TSR Games 3 stopped and began to insist that the company was all new. What happened? Sandy Peterson of Call of Cthulhu and Peterson Games pointed out that Dave Arneson, the creative brains and co-creator, the lead creator some would argue, of D&D, had been clear. He thought TSR Games 1 had treated him poorly. So that's quite a U-turn, but we're not near the end of the story yet. Seemingly following on from their new attempts to distance themselves from TSR Games 1 and its legacy, TSR Games 3 rebranded itself to Wonderfeld. The website address was, and is, tsr.games, but the social media accounts for the new publisher were deleted. Co-founder Stephen Dinehard tweeted that he'd fallen out with Wizards of the Coast and he blocked them on Twitter. This led many people to believe that the lawyers had finally arrived. There's clearly a resolution that needs to happen. Wizards of the Coast publishes an old TSR Games RPG called Star Frontiers, and TSR Games, now Wonderfield, say that they have the rights and will publish a game using that name. Both companies are using the same front cover in their messaging, and that front cover mentions Dungeons and & Dragons. And there are two more plot twists still to come. Stick with me. Remember when we first saw TSR Games 3 beginning to emerge? There was that weird can we trust it or not, single press release down PR.com that made a claim that a Gary Gygax Jr. had rebooted the company. Well, that person, of course, turns out to be Ernie Gygax. Remember also how TSR Games 3 said last week that they had departed company with their old comms person. Well, a new statement also appeared on PR.com and only on PR.com. As their social media accounts had been deleted, I guess that makes a little bit more sense. It's odd though that two different people use that same whole pin prick of a press release site rather than any of the other usual loudspeakers. Anyway, 
The statement said three things. One, it's the fault of the old social media tech individual who'd been hired and, and that TSR Games are now trying to get their social media accounts back. And finally, ignore any of the horrible things that TSR Games 3 had said. Also ignore what Justin Lanassa and Ernie Gygax's social media account said. I'm confused now even how to spell Lanassa. As on PR.com, the statement uses one S, but on the old TSR Games Twitter account, it had two S's. Does he not know how to spell his name? Anyway, anyway, along with that blame the intern use was a new TSR logo and the tagline, The Game Wizards. Wizards, eh? I can think of another RPG publisher who also called themselves Wizards. So as a side note, TRSR Games' new comms guy, Michael, gets his full name mentioned in the release and, wait for it, but he appears to be real. At least there is a LinkedIn account with years of history that matches his name and does put him at TRSR Games. So, TSR Games are back again. TSR Games 4? Or do we call this one TSR Games 3.5? Well, I don't know. But at the very least, there's a rebranding of TSR Games 3. And the final twist, at least so far, in this dumpster that keeps burning, comes from Stephen Dinehart. He's the guy who said he was breaking up with the Wizards of the Coast, if it was him controlling his account and not the intern. He says he's now broken up with TSR Games 3, and he's taking giant lands with him, and he won't pay for the use of the trademark. So, TSR.games, the website, is plugging giant lands. Giant lands' front cover says, Wonderfilled. Meanwhile, TSR Games are trying to get their social media accounts back, but have said nothing about the website. Giant lands was a Twitter account that called a trans woman disgusting, and we don't know who was at the wheel at the time, but that's a blight that will be hard for anyone to move on from. So that, my listener friends, is the mind-boggling update I wanted to share with you this week. If you are just joining Audio XP at this point and you don't know all the drama that got us this far, then, well, it's, it's probably for the best. Right, let's do superheroes. That's a change of tone and I have lots of discoveries to share and we, we can wrap up Superhero Week. First up, I wrote a review of Martin Lloyd's Amazing Heroes. If that sounds familiar... Lloyd is the designer of the very popular Amazing Tales, a kid's RPG. One of the great things about Amazing Heroes is that it's also great for kids, but if you were to hand the game to a kid, even a teen, I don't think they'll say, hey, this is for babies. The other great thing about it is the system, which is super smooth, yet with nuances and appropriate for adults too. It's an easy recommendation to make, and for everyone. Next up is the indie RPG Kindred Souls. This is also a recommendation, but not for everyone. Kindred Souls is a magic girls game, in that your character is a magic girl. Really though, you can be a magic boy or a magic whomever you want. What matters is that you transform from the mundane to a super to defend the world and are part of a colourful squad. Now by colourful squad, I mean other magic girls are fighting with you, and each one has a colour association. You know this from Power Rangers, right? You know, Red Ranger, Pink Ranger, and so forth. That's a whole thing in some anime genres, and it has game mechanics in Kindred Souls. And the last thing I'll say about Kindred Souls is that it's brutal. It's a fierce resource management of a descriptive fight. It's a group effort by necessity in a battle royale against waves and against the odds of enemies 
I mean, it's it, it, huge. And if you think a hardcore magic girl RPG was an exciting discovery from Superhero Week, what about a game where you play as the burning building, or the crashing plane, or the government conspiracy? Splintered Realms Publishing's Super Solo is a low-cost solo RPG that does just that. Superheroes tend to react to problems and return the world to the status quo, which makes them a tricky genre to adapt to solo RPGs. Splintered Realms' solution is to flip it, so you take on the role of the problem that these heroes are trying to fix, and to provide a framework for seeing how far they get. I even managed a non-superhero RPG review this week. I took an early look at Zehander and Andrew McNeil's publishing's Flames of Freedom. This is an all-cult horror set during the American Revolutionary War. I'm Scottish. I know very little about that conflict, except the outcome, of course. And one piece of good news is that I don't think that impairs my ability to play and enjoy the game. The book is enormous. I wrote about using it as a weapon. It actually hurt my fingers. Despite that bulk, though, the rules are straightforward and explained in a couple of pages. The rest of those pages go to things like professions and monsters, the world, and other things to help historians. That's a slightly odd name for a Flames of Freedom GM, Run Better Games. The game is about horror and conspiracy, but it's very clear about how to play. Flames of Freedom is not a game about slavery, inequality, racism, or any rubbish like that. Take it elsewhere. Don't feature it. Just have ghouls eat people instead. That's the horror players have signed up for. Another horror game to pop on your radar is Vast Grim, and there are a few reasons for this mention. It's a forthcoming RPG from Infinite Black. You might know them from their hugely successful Mythos Dice, and I think this is their first RPG, and it's a sci-fi Morkborg. They're also funding it on GameFound, not Kickstarter, and I think this makes them one of the few RPGs to take that route. There are also various competitions and deals. They launch on the 13th, but if you sign up for alerts before then and back the project, you'll get a free D20. There's one competition to win one of the prototype dice developed in the game, and there's another with many prizes, the top being worth $1,000. And there are many ways to enter both those competitions. I did so without joining any more discords, mailing lists, or spamming people. It's amazing that we've made it this far into the podcast. We're nearly on to the bundle deals and competitions, and I've not mentioned Geeknator's worldwide exclusive. This week, I got to reveal the cover of A-State Second Edition. A-State is a dystopian sci-fi with forged-in-the-dark system rules in place. Well, they will be for the second edition. It's a, it's a spooky city you cannot leave. It's Scottish, being developed across the fourth from me. I'm 100% backing this and Vaskrim as I want my free D20. Lastly, before we do bundles, did you notice that Wizards of the Coast granted a major publisher an exclusive D&D license this week? That publisher is none other than HarperCollins. Thankfully for the ecosystem of third-party publishers that surround D&D, that exclusive seems pretty specific. It's middle-grade content, which I believe is a US school reference. The first book from it is a new range called D&D Dungeon Academy, or perhaps just Dungeon Academy, but they wanted to put the D&D logo on there too, and it's called No Humans Allowed. Parents, please feel free to tell me if it's any good. 
The first bundle I want to point out happens to be in the Storyteller's Vault, but you'll get over $60 worth of vampire content for about $20, and it is the Disability Pride Character and City Building Bundle. The author is disabled. Funds go straight to them, well, after paradoxes and one bookshelf's cut. Next up, there's Zobek for D&D 5e at the Bundle of Holding. I'd admit, I didn't recognise the name Zobek, but I did Cobalt Press and Empire of Ghouls. Zobek is part of Midgard, also known as a Clockwork City, so if you're a Midgard fan, this is the one for you. Last week, we had the surprising news that Cubicle 7 was splitting from Lone Wolf. There is a 50% sale at DriveThruRPG, as they clear the digital sales while they can. There's now also a Lone Wolf bundle of holding deal, which might even be better value depending on the books you want, and it's certainly fewer clicks. The last bundle is computer games via Slytherin and Humble Bundle. Unleashed Destruction is a deal with the Matters of Magic, a Battlestar game, and lots of Warhammer 40k, and it's well over 150 quid for less than 10 bucks, but it won't be live for very long. Lastly, one for the Witcher fans based in the UK. Author Andreas Saposki has a new trilogy coming out, and the first book is the prize at a new Geek Native competition, so pop over to the blog and look for the Tower of Fools if you fancy a chance. Right now, the next person who enters has a 2% chance of winning. And on that note, let's wrap there. Keep safe, don't be a fool, and we'll see you next week.